0: Welcome to another episode of Harvest Series, a podcast following a four day experience in Kaplankaya on the southwestern Asian coast of Turkey, filled with fascinating talks and workshops to harvest knowledge and nurture the planet. An event produced by Athena Advisors and Capital Partners.
1: You will notice if you're playing music like put on shuffle and you can play with different beats. Can be your favorite rock and roll song to some super trancy psychedelic to some singing bowls, and you, you challenge yourself. I'm often asking people do a new dance. Allow your elbow to dance. Maybe that song is just all about your elbow. Your elbow has something to say, (laughs) you know? Okay. Maybe your ear, maybe your tongue. Experience yourself from different directions. We're often here dancing.
0: Rose, a French journalist based in Barcelona. My guest today is Amber Joy Rava, a beautiful dancer with an impressive background with groups such as Cirque du Soleil. Amber offers a dancing path of self-mastery and her teachings focus on cultivating life force and revitalizing our beauty with courage and ritual embodiment anytime, anywhere. We'll talk about Amber's practice and teaching, her story, and we'll finish with some tips for those who want to free their body. Hello, Amber. Hello, Rose. So can you tell me more about your approach to dancing in general and what do you hope to create when you dance, Amber?
1: I feel it's so automatic that I have peace in my body. When I just drop down from my head, and feel my body breathing, and feel my body flowing in nature, in the middle of a supermarket, on the elevator, not important where. But I just remember that I am a body. This brings me directly into oneness.
0: Who are your um, inspirations, and how would you describe your uh, own style of uh, dancing, unique? Well, my inspiration is anyone that just dance, you know?
1: Not have the resistance. No, I'm not a dancer. No, I'm not skinny or I'm not this or I'm not that. Just to dance doesn't need to be perfection, just freedom. My own style is quite organic. I don't try to do any particular moves normally. I just open myself to the moment and I wish to share that when I dance, okay. it's just it's just now. And dance is, the nature of dance is like this because it's not something that I can record or repeat or ever expect to have again with that same quality. So it's really an automatic ritual every moment.
0: You were dancing for Harvest for the opening for the seventh season. How did you prepare it? So what was the place of improvisation and what was a place of preparation in that? Well,
1: since I'm also dancing with fire, working with sacred fire, I must to always just release any expectation, go there and really be with my implements that I make all by hand, and just to infuse our energy because I'm not using the fire or the props. We are in a symbiotic relationship. So I like to just check in and the energy of fire is called Agni. So I can chant a mantra, I can Aum, work with my hands and just to give uh, reverence. Since I've been doing this for quite some time now, about 20 years plus, I don't need to really practice or prepare so much in the movement. I really my work now that challenge me every time is to just be ready for anything. So I pray for alignment and protection and to be able to make a prayer that can also help others to clean themselves because the fire is a, a cleansing.
0: What kind of classes
1: Did you teach during harvest? So I work with Sacred Embodiment. Uh, The name that was given to this practice is Dancing the Divine. We were meant to be in the water this time, though at that moment during class it became a little bit cloudy, a little bit chilly, so we didn't push, you know, what's meant to be. We are working with the elements. And it turned into such a beautiful circle where we were crying and laughing. And right now I'm very inspired to pass songs to my clients because I know how much having songs has helped me, has a balance, my emotions and always I, I don't feel alone because I have a song and it connects me to all those in prayer at that moment. So we sang on the way going there so that we can begin the ritual already in resonance. And then when we arrive on the beach, we start to express that vibration of the song through our body. And so when we use our mouth, loosening the jaw, which we can all do more and more throughout the day, we also relaxing our hips and our our pelvic bones in order to do all of that stretching and softening that we so desperately need.
0: So that's, you're helping uh, women to get more softening. What else? What's your goal when you're out with these women? It's a beautiful question. My goal
1: is that they recognize their own beauty and their own power. So as they become more soft, the truth of their courage really shine through. When we're we're hard and our knees are stiff and we're so much in our head, we're missing our opportunity as women to know ourselves, to trust ourselves and to deeply honor who we are in every moment. We all have strong days. We all have weak days. And all of those days, these practices come in handy. So I want really, I know we're all going through so much in this world that we try to understand and, and survive. So I wish my ultimate goal is that
0: there is a deep peace in every breath. What are the advantages to work with a group of women versus individual? Well, it's very different, the dynamic.
1: I often like when I can have people first in a group because they get out of their insecurity and that critic that's in the head. When you see others processing, moving away from the competition or like, she's better or I'm better to, wow, we're both suffering or we're both celebrating and they can really help each other amplify the results. Then when you're working individually, I can really go deeper to understand how are you walking? How are your feet? What's going on when you're breathing? What is my spirit listening to from your spirit. Because when I'm working with groups, there's a group dynamic. Yeah. So I, I never really know what I'm going to do. And then the group dynamic guide me. When I'm with an individual, I can give them more individual homework, for example, that they can really prepare their bodies. And every time we can go... Higher and higher.
0: What's your approach
1: to vulnerability? Vulnerability. Hmm. This is our superpower. Why? Because it's real. We're making believe that we're well most of the time. And we put on this face for the world. And the more I work with people, I see that, and with my own self, that we're, we're really processing and needing to accept our challenges, needing to accept the traumas, work with them. I I often think of like the dragon that's guarding the treasure, that we hide our vulnerability, though Mm. that's where the jewel of our potency is. If we just wholly and holistically accept ourselves, It's amazing the opportunity
0: to grow. What are some tools you give Mm -hmm. to accept our vulnerability Mm -hmm. and to love it? One of the greatest tools is to
1: dance every day and to notice our energy levels every day, especially for women hormonally. We are moving through our cycles with the moon. We are... Some days, like on our moon days, we're very awake, we're very on. And then there's other days when we think we're ugly and we think nobody love us and we think that, you know, what's the point? When we dance, we also go through these ups and downs. Some days I have a lot of energy and some days my dance is just in bed going like this. So if you have a practice of dance in particular, it can take many different forms and it could help you love yourself in all of your phases.
0: It's going to be a tough question, but um, <laughs> why do people come to you and what are they looking for?
1: I notice that the people that come to me and say, I must study with you because they're ready really for change. I also make an intention since I've been doing this work that I I don't want spiritual bypassers, people that just want to come and play. It's not my work. People that really come to me is because they're ready to shift their lives. Woman recently come to me because she really does not feel creative. She doesn't feel feminine. She has woman parts She know to dress well and present herself, but deep down inside, she feels stiff, frozen emotionally, frozen in her body. Many women also, they come because they've had sexual abuse and they're not able to open themselves. Some women come because they've lost their voice. They've been told, just sit down and look pretty their whole life and just do your work and uh, serve others around you. But deep down inside, they're choking. They can't speak their truth. There's many different variations also for men. You know, the work is is very much geared towards women in a sense because women are are like at the the front and really searching for it. We're much more into the transformation potential. Though a lot of men want the opportunity to soften as well and to to express themselves and to awaken their bodies. It's The majority of the people say, I need to be in my body. Can you help me be in my body? And I say to them, are you ready to work? Because it's nothing like foo-foo. We're just going to make some movements. We're going to go to the heart and
0: expand. How do you go to the heart?
1: Well, I think that also... Me as a person, I'm quite vulnerable, and I I share my own experiences. And I, I often say that dance saves my life daily also. And so this, when we are true, the truth of the other also can feel. And we connect our hearts with innocence and a childness, Quality, childlike quality, that we just we just here on this paradise planet, this Earth school, to evolve, and I think that that helps people to open their heart when they recognize that I'm the same like them.
0: Amber's dance journey commenced at the tender age of three. Despite her modest upbringing, her mother's unwavering support became the cornerstone of her passion. Reflecting on her past, she never envisaged traversing the globe, conducting dance and self-expression workshops worldwide, a reality that surpasses her childhood dreams. The dreams of a little girl who has always learned to follow her intuition. What put you on the, this path, Amber? How did you arrive where you are? I have what no was clue. was journey? <laughs> <laughs> As a child, you always
1: yes. liked dancing. Yeah, but I, I grew up um, in Brooklyn, New York, and it wasn't something that was like, oh, my daughter will be a dancer. No, it was it was okay. She's a little girl. She's... Playing with the sounds and loves to throw things on me and go walking. (laughs) And it was not easy. It was not easy to stay on this path of my own heart. That I am very grateful that my mother always believed in me, no matter what. She wanted me to be probably a teacher or a nurse, or she saw my nurturing instructive qualities, <laughs> yeah. but she wanted me to have, you know, health insurance and <laughs> be more, like, straight. <laughs> in a way, you're
0: kind of nursing. <laughs> I am.
1: I'm a dola. I work with childbirth yeah. and, and death. And But, well, at 16, I had the, the honor to help my grandfather to die, his, his passage. There were many moments, very instructional in my life, That I felt in alignment. And that was a moment? That was one of the moments. um, Was very powerful. He was uh, having a very lucid day and I had quit my work also to spend time with him. I felt really bad that he was in an uh, old age home and it was hard to keep him at home because he would just walk out. (laughs) He was very embodied, my papa. I spent a lot of time with him and I could feel that there was something going on. I was 16 at the time. I was guarding that space, not knowing to put words into that. And we had a wonderful, poetic, very uh, lucid conversation. And after that, the beeping started to go off. And something told me, go now and close that door so that they can't come to keep reviving him because this is not natural, He, you know, this is his time. He's lived 80 years on this planet, it's not our right to step in between. And this is my grandfather, I don't want to lose him, but I wanted just to respect nature. It's time, okay. Yes, well. and so I went to the door and I held the door and there were like the orderlies and the nurses and everyone tried to push and I received this incredible force and I held the door there and. I was looking into my grandfather's eyes and I could see him just light from within shining. And when my family came, because they wanted to arrest me, you know, like this is illegal.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: My family okay. was like, what just happened? And they didn't say much. They just sort of stepped back, but realized that obviously it's done with love. They know me. All of my dancing also when I first started, I was dancing as a child, I went to ballet, I went to gymnastics for many years, but like little schools, no no big deal. I went to one Egyptian class when I was about 18 years old because I got super turned on listening to the music was in a little apartment in midtown Manhattan, and I had no idea where I was going. Soon as we start to dance, we start to whirl, it was about the czar, which is the most ancient, ecstatic trance dance from Africa moving through to Egypt. And I started to dance. The teacher came, tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Will you do for everyone. I would like for you to assist me in the class. And I was like, are you sure? And she says, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a dancer. You're doing the czar. I said, no, it's the first time. And she put me to teach after that. So everything that I've done, I have not said, I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to do this. I Never. Actually, I just respond to the right invitation that feels good for my soul. When I was invited to dance on stage for the first time, I didn't say let me show you something, people say, please, will you come and dance for us? And this was very shocking for me also, because as much as I like to dance, I come off sometimes as a outgoing person, but I am quite private. Okay. And I think that life just moves you where you need to be.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's a dance. <laughs> and how do you create space for um, these invitations? And how do you listen to them, and know how to answer to the right one. I'm very fortunate that I've always been really close to
1: my intuition. After working with many people, I realized that it is something that I received from my mother, that many people, their parents, sort of put them in a bit of a weakened state. Like, are you sure? Are are you going to be good at this? Stay close to home. be protected, you know, don't really believe in yourself too much. (laughs) I'm my mother's only daughter, only child. And she always gave me so much, like whatever you uh, focus and believe in, you will bloom and you will flourish. So we made a lot of arts and crafts as kids. And I think that the follow through, believing in yourself, even if you have uh, failures or mistakes that you keep your vision clear. And my vision was always just to be a a channel of the divine, to to do what I'm meant to do on this earth. And I've had two uh, near-death experiences. And when that has happened to me, it put me even more on the path as well. Like, if you let me live, I promise I will do my mission. How did you get to a near-death
0: experience?
1: (laughs) The first time was in India when we were waiting for the baby to come. I, uh, I had some germ get into me. The next thing I know, they rushed me to the hospital. I was completely, kidneys were failing and... In the hospital, they were tried to give me intravenous, but they couldn't find my veins. I have very thin veins. So the doctor looked at me and said, "Look, uh, you should call your mother or children or whoever, and you may not make it." It's and
0: reassuring. I, okay. Yeah. I wow.
1: remembered a line that I had read years before. It said, "When the goddess is close, the doctor can be far." When the doctor is close, often the goddess and our spirituality is far because we put our trust into what's so close. And I prayed so strong that I will not, I will not doubt myself. I will believe that when people invite me, it's because I have something to share. And that's, that's my prayer, is to always have something of value to share. And the second one was three years ago, in the river where I live in Brazil, someone died the same day in the same river that I I was taken. And really make the story quick, I believe that a bird saved my life because I had my back to the waterfall and all of a sudden this bird flew in and then flew up and sat on top of the stone that was where the waterfall was coming. And I was in the middle of the river on a stone meditating. So I'm looking at this bird and I've lived there many years. I never saw a bird that looked like that. So I was like really connecting. And all of a sudden the water's like this and the water starts to go like this. And the next thing I know, I stood up and the water was already up here. Okay. Wow. And the falls just took me, took the feet out from under me. And I had to hold on to like this little bush, you know, like water kind of yeah. grass there. I'm holding on to the bush and my legs are like this and there's stone waterfall wow. behind me. And I heard a voice said, let go. And you know, as <laughs> a teacher, I'm always telling people, let go, surrender, <laughs> become receptive to the moment. And then here's spirit saying to me, let go. And I thought, okay, I mean, my chances, I can only listen and receive. And so I let go and I went flying into the water. All of a sudden, spiral came as I lifted my head and I said, please, I will live my mission. And it took me to the shore. And in the same river, the next waterfall, a beautiful brother died and they only found him two weeks later. So I think, you know, there's certain agreements that we make when we incarnate on earth. And if we trust that we have a purpose, that it's valuable. It gives us power to survive and to thrive.
0: You worked for uh, Cirque du Soleil? Yes. Uh, What was your best moment? Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So one of the early performances I did with them was the 20th anniversary. And I was working also with another circus at that time that was uh, Cirque du Bakuza. They do amazing sets and amazing designs as well. So Cirque invited me to be part of this collaboration as well. They put me on a a moving puja a ritual on wheels, you know?
0: Okay. So I had
1: these men, these big beefy men were carrying me on this altar of fruit and candles and incense. And I'm sitting there as the offering. Ooh. And <laughs> so I have the fire <laughs> on my fingertips. Ring. Yeah. Fire on my fingertips. And they're moving me through this airplane hangar, which is taking quite some time to arrive. And I'm meant to bring the fire to Guy Lamberté. The creator of Sir. And I'm getting closer to him, and I'm like, like stomping on the on the altar saying, Can we go faster? The fire is going out. And I didn't have a lighter or something there. It was meant to be in the right moment. Guy looks up at me. There was no fire. The eye contact that we have, the fire lit. (laughs) Wow. And then he did his 20. Fire Spits, which has been his uh, claim to fame, why they made the whole Cirque du Soleil and got all of the support. As a street performer, he was spitting fire. So full on. Then the woman rises up into the sky with the dress falling over her, singing Alegria. And my middle name is Joy. Alegria means joy. Joy. And I started to hysterical cry on this pedestal, on the stage, and everyone around me started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such like, um, how did this happen? What an amazing gift of this life and serving people through beauty and to see that we can really
0: unite our hearts. And
1: this was the most magic moments for me
0: throughout the years. We can notice that you have a big part of an instinct in your life. Dancers are also known for a discipline. Mm-hmm. How discipline is important for you? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, can you talk about this? Great
1: question. You know, it's so important for me. I don't think I would have been able to be a professional dancer and do what I do with such lovely, luminous people as yourself. If I didn't have discipline, and so I'm, I'm a very strict timing person. <laughs> um, I was raised with a mother who also set the clocks ten minutes early always, okay. so that we could never be late. And I believe that this is a big respect for myself. Number one, that I make an appointment, that I keep it. As a dancer, we are also about timing; that we cannot miss our life, our beat, our one. That we must not be lazy. We must not expect. We must to be ready. So for me, it's also this this balance of masculine-feminine. I can really flow. I can forget everything. I can go into nature. You see me a few days from now. But when my masculine is needed it's here it's it's very very important to all
0: now as promised we delve into the insights of the talented dancer amber joy rava seeking her invaluable tips to enhance our dance skills, foster freedom in movement, and elevate our self-expression. Let's dive right in. I love to dance for fun, but I never learn any technique. And I tend to look stiff or old-fashioned when I dance. How can I practice alone to become a more relaxed and cool dancer? Again, the everyday
1: dancing, you will notice if you're playing music, like put on shuffle and you can play with different beats. Can be your favorite rock and roll song to some super trancy psychedelic to some singing bowls, and you, you challenge yourself. I'm often... Asking people, do a new dance. Allow your elbow to dance. Maybe that song is just all about your elbow. Your elbow has something to say, (laughs) you know? Okay. Maybe your ear, maybe your tongue. Experience yourself from different directions. We're often here dancing. Let the left booty dance for a little while. (laughs) You know, just just yeah. really like isolate your body and then bring it back together. Mirrors forbidden? Not forbidden, but I do cover the mirrors often because I don't want people to only look at the superficial. So when you say that you are love to dance, that's the most important part.
0: I want to communicate and be vulnerable, but I'm afraid people will use it against me.
1: When you express your vulnerability, you gain an inner strength. It's not important what other people try and do. I often say, people say, oh, but I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. Well, you're never gonna feel safe. This life is not safe. (laughs) Nobody gets out alive. We all have uh, suffering. We all have things happening. If you feel safe inside of you, that's the most valuable.
0: I want to speak my truth, but I'm not sure what my truth
1: is. I think that's in the head that we have a critic that is this really my truth? It's like that, that philosophical, like doubt all the time. We've been really taught to doubt ourselves. But if you just start talking, like if we start talking gibberish now, (laughs) somehow singing, just using your mouth, your truth will come out. you go, oh, shit, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> You'll, your truth yeah. will come when you're not cutting it.
0: Yeah, censoring it. Okay, fantastic.
1: No more censoring.
0: I live a busy life with Zoom calls, rushed meals, and Netflix at night. <laughs> How can I start to reconnect with my body?
1: everyday dancing. You need to designate one hour per day. This could be in the morning, this could be in the evening, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening. You must to take time for you. We're not human doings, we're human beings. We need to remember honoring ourselves, giving space, you know, luxuriating. Take time to come out of a nice warm bath, put your oils on you, look at your own hands, appreciate your body, and let the dance move you.
0: What techniques do you use to help people, and do you, uh, to finish, uh, modify your approach in, depending on the cultures of the countries?
1: Yes. Yes you must. The same uh, action that I work with in Brazil is very different than what I can do in Belgium, for example. The cultural dynamic is so different that, you know, sometimes you're working with women and they're like, yeah, I'm ready to dance. Can I take my clothes off? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And then you go to places and you're like, you're not going to make me do that. Right. You know, so I must to just, that's why I never have an agenda and I wait to feel what is moving and how I can as Rumi in this magic land, Rumi say, you know, seek those that can fan your flames, those that help you. And so I, I want to support each one in a very unique way that we can really get the results that we seek. Sometimes I'll have people close their eyes, allow that um, natural DMT to warm them in order that I can start to seduce them into freedom. Other people, they come with all this freedom up front, but they're actually hiding that not feeling safe, that not feeling secure, feeling behind. So I have to wait and watch and tap into those sensitive places that they say, no, no, you can go here, but not there. So it's it's really very delicate with each energy.
0: Yeah. Amber, uh, I'm going to ask you the harvest of the day. It's the same question I'm asking to all the guests of um, the Harvest Series podcast. So if there is one thing that gives you hope, what is it? Us. (laughs) (laughs) All of us that are
1: really willing to drop our resistance and our baggage and smile at strangers and receive new ideas and dancing and singing and the fact that I feel more and more people are waking up. And so this gives me hope. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rose. Thank you. Beautiful.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode delving into the captivating world of dance through Amber joy rava's perspective from a profound connection to intuition to the balance between discipline and freedom and the insightful tips she shared to enhance your self-expression i trust you found it inspiring if you did we'd love to hear your thoughts please consider leaving us a positive review and joining us on instagram at harvest series or sending me a message on my instagram account Don't forget, you can catch all of our episodes on youtube.com slash Harvest Series. Our upcoming episode features John Brevard. He's a designer and an architect, and he will share his views on sustainability, his project to build a new fabulous six senses in Iceland, and what was the impact of losing all his memory when he was a teenager. Until next time, stay tuned for more enriching conversations.